Hello again. This is Gary Meese back with The Case Against. Last time I uh, did a new episode, I tried something a little different, which was just simply reading from The Case Against the West Memphis Three Killers. And I think it was okay, but I, I think I am going to take a more relaxed approach to this. I'm still going to be reading from that text, but uh, I'm not going to try to read it as if I'm just reading a book. And so we're going to be on chapter four. Uh, where we are with this is uh, Damien Eccles has uh, made his first trip to a mental institution as a result of some confrontations with police and uh, threatening suicide. And uh, now he's going to get out. This is uh, in uh, the summer of 1992, essentially a year before he, Jason Baldwin, and Jesse Miskelly Jr. killed Michael Moore, Stevie Branch, and Christopher Byers. And, Robin Hood Hills on May 5th, 1993. And with that, I'm going to get right into it. When Pam Eccles and Joe Hutchison picked up Damien from Charter Hospital in Little Rock, Joe Hutchison had not seen his son for years and didn't recognize him in for, at first. I was in there and I turned around to Pam and asked her, is this him? You know, I was very confused, Hutchison later testified at his son's murder trial. Joe described Damien's time in Oregon, and they were decided they were going to move to Oregon. I told Pam I thought we should move to Oregon, and we packed up the family and took off. Michael was having a real hard time now, and Michael is what he calls Damien because that's how he knew Damien. That was Damien's original name, Michael Hutchison. He later changed it to Damien Eccles. Michael was having a really hard time then. He had just broken up with his girlfriend, Deanna, and cried the entire trip there. He was just really, really sad. When we got to Oregon, I set Michael up with a job at one of the BP gas stations that I ran. I thought Michael would do a really good job working there, and I was hoping that everything was going to work out. Eccles later said about the Oregon trip, I enjoyed every minute of it. Eccles spent several weeks in Aloha, Oregon, just outside Portland before matters came to a head. Several incidents led to Eccles being readmitted to a mental hospital. Eccles had called Deanna Holcomb and gotten a noncommittal response from his former girlfriend, setting off alarms in Arkansas and triggering a depressive episode for Eccles. According to Eccles' book, Life After Death, he had been drinking Kahlua and milk, and his mother called the police. Uh, after going to the mental hospital, he argued with his father, telling him, I'll eat you alive. Joe Hutchison described two incidents. Joe says, he had a habit of shutting his bedroom door and had been by himself, and him being depressed as he was and the medicine that he was taking, I was worried. I went into the bedroom, 
I opened the bedroom door. He did have a knife. It wasn't an altercation at that time. I asked him one time, hand me the knife. There never was an argument, never a crossword. He handed me the knife. Hutchison testified Eccles had been talking about committing suicide. As for the second incident, Hutchison testified, I am the one who took him to the hospital. And the altercation that broke out, he did tell me he would eat me alive, but it was after I made the first move. I called him a punk. And he was set on coming back into Arkansas, back to West Memphis. And at that time, Jack was living down there. He's speaking of his former stepfather, Jack Eccles. Uh, Pam Eccles had just divorced Jack or was in the process thereof. Uh, just with uh, They had basically split up in May, and this is in June and July of 1992, and Joe Hutcherson goes on. And finally, I said, well, you know, if that's what he wants, then, you know, let him have him. And that's when he come back to live with Jack. I put him in a cab. I had a cab take him to the bus station. According to records at St. Vincent's Hospital and Medical Center in Portland, Eccles was admitted September 2nd. Eccles was quote, suicidal, threatening family, drug use, parental concern, re-Satanism, unquote. While Pam's concerns about Satanism were documented, she tolerated, even encouraged, his involvement in occultism. As Eccles later told the Village Voice, I got my first deck of tarot cards when I was 17 years old. It was a gift from my mother and he would have turned 17 in December of 1991. According to notes from a social worker at St. Vincent's, quote, Dad says that Damien has been sniffing gasoline and that at dinner table tonight he talks about drinking a bottle of bleach and that it would be over soon. Damien told sister that he would be killing himself in the next three days, has made threats to kill himself by hanging with bedsheet or tying socks together, and told grandmother today that he would cut his mother's throat. Joe later struggled to explain the incident to West Memphis Police Department Chief Inspector Gary Gitchell and Assistant Prosecutor John Fogelman, explaining that Damien had three knives kept in a holster. Hutchinson said he called the police because, quote, I knew he had a case of mental imbalance. I didn't want to take any chances. If he exploded them, I wanted to call the police. Damien testified he had several knives on him during this incident, including a boot knife. Am said the trip to the Oregon hospital was Basically the same thing as the trip to Charter. She later said, quote, after he was released from the hospital, we sent him back to West Memphis on a bus. I wanted him to stay in Oregon with us, but I thought that if he really wanted to go back to Arkansas, then instead of arguing with him to stay, I should just let him go. Eccles told the St. Vincent staff that he had been feeling homesick. The ER report said, the parents are concerned that he is also into Satanism or devil worship. 
He apparently has a number of items that relates to this. The patient denies suicidal or homicidal ideation at this time. However, in talking with the family members, they state that he made it quite clear that he had thoughts of harming other people, i.e. was going to cut the throat of his mother. And they said so in the past and also apparently made some verbal threats to his father here at St. Vincent Hospital even. Eccles told the ER doctors, everything is fine at home. The admission diagnosis, suicidal, homicidal, ideation, adjustment disorder. The next day, notes say, parents visited, visit did not go well. He was tearful and would not discuss visit other than to say, I no longer have parents. Staffers heard Eccles beg his parents to take him home. Notice a pattern here, and, and this is what this is very typical of the Eccles Hutchison family. Is not only can they not get each other's stories straight, they can't get their own stories straight. Eccles is either fine with going to Oregon or he's virtually suicidal over it. He enjoyed every minute or he threatened to commit suicide. Uh, everything was fine at home or he's threatened to kill his mother and threatened to kill himself and and then he's made these violent threats in the past uh, staffers hear Eccles begging his parents to take him home but his parents say that oh yeah he wanted to go back to Arkansas so we went along with his wishes because you know they had his best interest at heart etc etc a perceptive progress report noted he appears to be an individual who passively provokes anxiety in others including actual petty criminal behavior now mixed up with suicidal threats entitling him to psychiatric treatment he is not suicidal but rather is in disagreement about living in Oregon and on this basis pines for Arkansas and his friends very interesting. He appears to be an individual who passively provokes anxiety in others. I don't know about you, but seeing him on his various YouTube videos, etc., he passively provokes anxiety in me, or maybe it's just irritation. Anyway, uh, Eccles told doctors, I just want to be on my own from here on out. I'm not suicidal. That's their way of trying to keep me in a hospital and away from my friends and girlfriend. Dr. Stanley Sturgis on September 3rd bolstered Eccles' self-assessment. There is no evidence of a thought disorder. He is not depressed and his efforts at self-harm may be seen more as a manipulation to escape responsibility for a wide variety of behaviors which have got him into difficulty with the law. Plans for emancipation and return to Arkansas seem reasonable to me. And again, this is very interesting. This Dr. Stanley Sturgis, who I don't know, you know, it doesn't say if he's a psychiatrist, but let's assume he's a mental health professional who has some sort of doctorate degree, um, does not see Eccles as having a thought disorder, but sees him as being manipulative. And it is interesting how he seems to be able to turn his mental illness on and off as it is convenient to him. Uh, Pam and Joe showed up for the assessment. 
quote, father maintains that he barely knows his son. Pam stated that she has had difficulty with Damien since he was 10 years old. He always tended to be an angry child and somewhat difficult to manage, particularly through his adolescent years. She is convinced he is into activities such as witchcraft and is very concerned about the quality of friends that he developed while living in Arkansas. Because of the circumstances that precipitated the hospitalization and Damien's threats, particularly toward his father and, of course, his mother, both parents do not feel that they wish to have him return to their home. They are frightened of him and what he can do, not only to them, but to other children that reside in the home. Damien described plans to go back to Arkansas, including making arrangements with his probation officer. Juvenile probation officer Jerry Driver had continued to track Eccles when he moved to Oregon. Meanwhile, Eccles' parents planned to remarry. According to a much later assessment by uh, Dr. George Woods, uh, who was preparing a some psychiatric evaluations for the defense after his conviction. The admitting diagnoses were psychotic disorder, not otherwise specified, dysthymia, depression, and suicidal ideation. However, within 48 hours, these diagnoses were changed to adjustment disorder of adolescence with disturbance of conduct, whereupon Mr. Eccles was discharged to his parents with instructions to continue taking daily doses of 150 uh, milligrams of amipramine, despite two psychiatric hospitalizations within six weeks. Mr. Eccles' parents allowed the disturbed 17-year-old to return to Arkansas. And so ends his little trip to Oregon. Chapter 5, Home Again, Damien reconnected with uh, Dominique Tier and Jason, and he seems to have gotten over his uh, eternal love for Deanna in pretty short order because he was with Dominique as soon as he got back, and of course Jason Baldwin is his blood brother, best friend, uh, fellow criminal conspirator. Eccles told friends that a satanic priestess had followed him from Oregon to Arkansas with the intent of murdering him or pulling him back into the occult, to the cult. Dr. George Woods, again in a much later assessment, says, Mr. Eccles was completely incapable of caring for himself when he returned to Arkansas. He had no money and his mental illness and lack of skills and experience prevented him from working. Eccles stayed at the home of Jack Eccles a few nights, but Jerry Driver determined he violated his parole by returning to Arkansas. So Eccles was placed in a juvenile holding facility in Jonesboro. After Eccles was seen sucking blood off another boy's arm, he was placed in isolation on suicide watch. He was readmitted to Charter Hospital on September 14th. While driving Eccles to Little Rock, Driver asked about the blood-sucking incident. At first, Eccles told him it was a joke. And then Driver says, and then he said that he that's how you receive power. He said, I've been doing this for years, 
And generally it's with willing people and he had some scars on his arms and he said he and his girlfriends and other people had done that and that's how they received power. So Eccles tells Jerry Driver that the way he receives power is by drinking blood. Dr. Woods reported staff members, talking about charter, Staff members immediately noticed Mr. Eccles' bizarre behavior, including his growling and making other strange sounds. Other serious problems noted by staff members include alteration in thought processes evidenced by delusional thinking and inappropriate social behavior. Mr. Eccles stated that he was a witch, not a vampire or devil worshiper. Mr. Eccles' mood disturbances continued unabated, his affect was extremely flat, he showed absolutely no observable evidence of emotion, and he appeared anxious and uncomfortable. Mr. Eccles was discharged with diagnoses of psychotic disorder, not otherwise specified, and dysthymia. He was released to the care of his stepfather. The notes for discharge on September 22nd included this pledge will not participate in occult beliefs. The discharge summary added that Eccles no longer needed to be in acute care. Damien contracted that he will not attempt to harm anyone after time of discharge. Chapter 6. After three trips to mental hospitals, Damien Eccles again was wandering Crittenden County. He turned 18 in December 1992. Eccles was referred back to counseling on January 5th. His medicine medication remained amipramine. Well, amipramine effectively treats depression and is sometimes prescribed for panic attacks or anxiety. The medication can cause or worsen emotional problems such as mood, anxiety, panic attacks, insomnia, impulse control, irritability, hostility, Aggression, restlessness, hyperactivity, depression, and self-abuse or suicidal ideation. The intake sheet from social worker Sherry Dawkins reported, He has little contact with family. Currently lives with stepfather Jack Eccles. And she quotes him saying, It's the only way I could live here in Arkansas. Damien is planning to move in with girlfriend and her mother when they get an apartment. Reports he and Dominique have been together a long time, question mark. Yeah, a long time, what, two weeks? A oh, couple of months at that point. If he was in, there in January, so he's been, the long time was from September to January. Uh, Describes self as feeling neutral, nothing most of the time. Denies current suicidal, homicidal ideation. Reports history of self-mutilation, cutting self with knives, razors. Last time was three months ago. Denies symptoms of depression. Quote, I usually don't smile. Reports sleeping most of the day and then goes to Dominic's house. Relates that he tends to trance out when by himself. He has done this since the fifth grade. Reports history of alcohol drug usage, coke, acid, pot, alcohol, denies current usage. Uh, and this is shows up again at, pretty often in his medical records where he reports past usage of drugs but always denies current usage. 
reports being harassed by local authorities as, quote, they think I'm a satanic leader. He admits being caught with satanic items and with handwritten books about witchcraft, denies cult involvement, is interested in witchcraft for past eight years. He has tried to steal energy from someone else and influence other minds with witchcraft. States he was able to do these things. Described self as, quote, pretty much hate the human race, unquote, related that he feels people are in two classes, sheep and wolves, wolf eat the sheep. Dressed in black, wearing silver cross and earring studs, intense eye contact. On January 13th, Dawkins reported, he is very angry with family members and with other people that have let him down. He discussed issues of power and control. He states that he can make things happen. He believes very much in magic. Damien's affect and mood was flat. He did not smile during the session. For January 19th, she reports, reveals a history of abuse as he talked of how he was treated as a child, denies that this has influenced him, stating, I just put it all inside relates that when this happens, the only solution is to hurt someone. Damien reports being told at the hospital that he could be another Charles Manson or Ted Bundy. When questions, questioned on his feelings, he states, I know I'm going to influence the world. People will remember me. He's very preoccupied with this. After Eccles' January 20th session, Dr. David Irby wrote three psychiatric hospitalizations. Each has been associated with anger, thoughts of killing others, and thoughts of killing himself. He's not currently suicidal or homicidal. He's been on Tofranil, 15 milligrams at bedtime for about a year. He found that that's been somewhat helpful. He's not experiencing any side effects with it. He's tried to stop it and had some discontinuation symptoms. January 25th, the report states, focus of today's session is spent talking with Damien about his feelings of death. He brought with him to session a poem that he had written during the past week. The theme of this poem centered around death and power. Damien explained that he obtains his power by drinking the blood of others. He typically drinks the blood of a sexual partner or of a ruling partner. This is achieved by biting or cutting. He states, it makes me feel like I'm like a god. Damien describes drinking blood as giving him more power and strength. He remembers doing this as far back as age 10. He does not remember where he learned to do this. Damien believes that there is no God. He believes that society believes there is a God because society is weak. He wants very much to be all-powerful. He wants very much to be in total control. We discussed how some of this is related to his experiences, experiences as a child. He acknowledges that some of this is related to his childhood abuse trauma, but he feels that it is who he is now. Damien related that a spirit is now living with him. That spirit was put inside him last year. He indicates that a month ago the spirit decided to become part of him and he to become part of the spirit. This is reportedly a spirit of a woman who was killed by her husband. 
When questioned how he feels with this spirit or what the difference is, Damien is able to relate that he feels stronger and more powerful with the spirit. He's not seen this spirit, but does hear the spirit. In addition, he also reports conversations with demons and other spirits. This is achieved through rituals. He denies that he is a Satan, that he is satanic, seeing himself more as being involved in demonology. So let's be clear here. He doesn't really consider himself to be satanic. He's just more of a demonologist who drinks blood to achieve power. Uh, just, just to be clear about this. It becomes more noticeable in talking with Damien that he has many things from childhood that he simply does not remember. Damien is agreeable to beginning to talk, to beginning to talk about what he experiences as a child that he remembers. He also agreed to continue to discuss his issues with power and control as related to his practice of rituals. Damien's affect and mood today continued to be bland, though there was more emotion when talking about drinking blood. On February 5th, Eccles, quote, dressed completely in black. Damien relates that he cut his arm and hand as a way of permanently marking his skin. The name Domini is cut into his arm. Session continues focused on Damien's self-concept and image. Relates feeling very angry yesterday when running into previous girlfriend. Quote, I controlled it. I can do anything. So we can see that Eccles, despite his long-term devotion to Domini, still felt his breakup with Deanna Holcomb very deeply. On February 11th, Eccles reported harassment by local authorities. Quote, they think I'm a satanic leader. Eccles was encouraged to apply for Social Security disability benefits due to incapacitating mental illness. In his application, he claimed that he was too mentally ill to work, describing his symptoms as mentally disturbed. On another form, he wrote, I am a sociopath. And I, I've been told by somebody who's related to somebody who worked in the Social Security office that when he came in, they asked him why he was applying. He stated that he was a psychopath. Sociopath, psychopath, you know, uh, six of one, half a dozen of another. Asked what is your dis disabling condition, Eccles answered. I'm going through treatment at the mental health center and have been in several mental hospitals. He explained his condition kept him from working because when I try to take a time out, my employers don't like it. Violent medicine makes me sleepy, vomit, and headaches. About the two stays at Charter, he wrote, homicidal, suicidal, manic depression, schizophrenia, and sociopathic. For the hospital in Portland, he listed homicidal, suicidal, manic depression, schizophrenia, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, sociopathic. Deemed 100% disabled, he began receiving benefits. The rest of the Hutchinsons moved back to West Memphis around March. Uh, Joe and Pam had remarried in February. Joe, 37, had been married at least four times. Pam, Pamela, 35, had been married three times. Eccles began sleeping most nights at the Tear trailer. Uh, Dominique Tear and her mother, Diane, had gotten a trailer at Lakeshore 
trailer park uh, just down the street from Jason Baldwin. Uh, the trailer was owned by, uh, I believe, Diane's sister, who was married to one of the infamous Hollingsworth clan, occasionally staying with his parents at Broadway Trailer Park, which is was right off Broadway, at really the bad end of Broadway in uh, West uh, West Memphis, which is the main one of the main streets in town, uh, Missouri. And Missouri Street and Broadway are the two major streets in that town, I would say. He had to share a room with his sister. Someone often slept on the couch. Uh, for his last appointment on May 5th, 1993, the date that he killed three little boys, uh, Eccles talked to Dr. Irby. The physician's progress report described him as impulsive with proclivities to do strange, harmful things. And later that day, he oversaw the gruesome murders of Michael Moore, Christopher Byers, and Stevie Branch. And um, so that takes care of three more chapters and the case against the West Memphis Three Killers. That book is available in Kindle and uh, print format on Amazon. Uh, it's a condensed, revised version, and I uh, argue, arguably more readable. Certainly not as complete as the two-volume set I did on the on that really go, delves deeply into the case. The first volume being Blood on Black, and the second volume being Where the Monsters Go. Those books are also available on Amazon and print and Kindle format. I also have a, a Patreon page. Uh, for anybody who's so inclined to uh, donate, uh, I would appreciate it. It costs me a little bit to run the podcast, uh, but you know, I, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for big bucks, but uh, you know, I don't mind some a little bit of income coming in from it, or at least something to sort of offset some of my expenses, which aren't great, but they are real. Uh, I intend to produce. Uh, podcast content on a regular basis from this point on. Uh, and uh, so I encourage you to keep an eye out for my next episode of The Case Against. This is Gary Meese signing out.